Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. This is Purpose Kingdom Network, and you are tuning in to The Turning Point. My name is Elder Charles Lee, and my wife will be with us in just a minute, Minister Maureen Lee, and we are on this part two of Tough Love. Amen? Amen. And we are so glad to be back on the radio again just to speak and talk to God's people about, you know, what he's saying about tough love and why it's needed at this point in time. You know, it's just it's so good. And this, uh, let me remind you, this is the 1,687th episode of The Turning Point and Purpose Kingdom Network. You know, we, you know some people say you, you look around and you never thought you would make it that far, but we are here. Like the young people would say, honey, you know, we, we started at the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. See, we, we never really started at the bottom. We just started, period. <laughs> and uh, we still, we just want to thank uh, Pastor Tori Daly for her vision, you know, to bring us into the, you know, into the fold, into the family, you know, with Purpose Kingdom, Purpose Kingdom Network. And it's just been, you know, so many years and to see and, and listen and see how many people are listening to us. You know, so, sometimes, you know, you got to watch what you say and, you know, what you do because, you know, you never know who's listening to you. So you, you got to cover everything with, you know, you know with a, a cover of love. You know, let, let everybody know that, you know, God is the same God that he was back in the past, back in Moses' them days. And, you know, he's the same God now, but he's a stickler for his word, especially – we find out that people people want to know about tough love, and, and tough love comes in all different forms and fashions and shapes because most of your tough love, you know, right now today, I believe if we put a little more tough love, say, for, say 10, 15 years ago, on a lot of our young kids that's out here in the street now, we wouldn't have so many killings that we have now Be, because, because the kids right now, no matter where they're at, I think, I think they're raising themselves. You know, and, and the crazy thing about it is to just sit up there and just watch them because they think they got it all together. You know, can't nobody tell them nothing, you know, and once you get over 21, we didn't put it in their head now, 21 means that you're grown. No, 21 means that you 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 one year past 20, okay? It don't mean that you're grown because I know people in their 30s and 40s still acting like kids, you know, so we, we can't say what 21 represents. 21 represents the year after 20. Amen? And and, and one thing I, I like to usually start out with and let a lot of people know, and, you know, you're going to hear me say this a lot on a lot of shows, and it's three things that you can do with your life. One of them is you can waste it. Number two is you can spend it. And number three is you can invest in it. And reading God's word is a good way to invest in your life. Amen. Because this Bible is more like a manual. You know, most people, you know, when you buy a new car, when you look in the glove compartment, it comes with a manual to tell you how to work this and how to work that. 
but the majority of the time is that manual will tell you when something is not running right, it'll give you a little, just a little, I mean, it's not going to make you a mechanic, but it's going to give you a little on just how to fix it. And that's the same way with the Bible. The Bible will tell you everything on how to live, how to love, how to forgive, because, you know, a lot of that's going on now. we got so much stuff going on now with all these killings out here. You know, they, they're they teaching a tough love now. And I'm going to tell you about the three tough loves in the Bible, but that's like the last one right there to where you really have to love your enemy. There's so many things going on here now. We have more enemies than we have friends. And sometimes your friends are turning into an enemy because they're, they're not understanding what's going on out here. So let me tell you, saints, when you, when you have a good friend, you need to keep them close. Amen. You got to keep them close because good friends today are hard to find. And we try so hard when, when people don't really people don't really want to be our friends. But um go ahead, Tony, take that. When people don't really want to be our friends, we 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 press the issue. You know, to where you know, it's like, you know, you don't, you can't really make nobody love you. You can't really make nobody want to be your friend because all you're doing now is forcing somebody to be somebody who they're not and who they don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So so, so what what we have to do is really, you know, play, play stuff by ear now, you know, and, and come at people in a godly way because me and my wife, we, we always sit down and think and say, you know, what would God, you know, or what would Christ do in this situation? How would he handle it? And a lot of times when you sit back and look at things like that, you look at it in a whole different aspect to the point to where, you know, we don't jump into nothing and we don't we don't rush into anything. But I don't, you know, I don't really understand what's going on in the streets today because, you know, we're doing a lot of things, you know, especially without, we're doing a lot of things without thinking. So we really, really need to take our time. But tough love, believe me, is, is definitely needed in this day and age because we sit up and one of the tough loves in the Bible is when God came down and he, you remember a lot of you watched the Ten Commandments, when he came and made, you know, he made the tablets into the side of the mountain and Moses took them down to the, to the people of Israel so they can read them. But the Ten Commandments, that's one of the first loves. And the reason that, that, that God did that and he gave those to Moses, because if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's, it's more benefits than, you know, it, 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 it's, almost like a, it's almost like when you have a car, you got a liability, and sometimes, you know, you have to get rid of stuff because it doesn't do you any good, but the... Two tablets when he came down and he gave commandments, it's more benefits than the liability because he gave rules to benefit us and not to oppress us. But, you know, most people look at the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not do, thou shalt not cover the neighbor, you know, and, and you, you go on and on with Ten Commandments, but you have to look at them for what they are and don't read into them. Amen? You can't, you can't read into them because, see, we all heard of tough love, and then the Bible, God shows us one kind of tough love, where he imposes on us and others, he asks us to show to our children. But there's another type of love that Jesus spoke of, 
that's one of the toughest. And when we look at that love, it's a love of, of, of love of mankind. He asks us to show to our children, but there is another type of love that we must show God's tough love for human mankind. He says, so, so you keep, so you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. Leviticus 23 and 31. So he's asking us to, to follow the commandments, you know, to, to a point to where, I mean, each of them are individual and they each have individual meanings. But let's look at the dictionary definition of tough love. It defines it as enforcing certain constraints on a person promoting their welfare and requiring them to take responsibility for their actions. Okay, so if we have a tough love, a lot of you guys, I mean, you know, I hope a lot of people are still working because a lot of people, I've been, I've been watching them draw unemployment and, you know, certain things like that, but you have a certain time to be at work. You have a certain time to start, and you have a certain job that you have to do. Amen? So just like the Ten Commandments, you, you have rules and regulations to follow, excuse me, following your job. And as we're getting back to the Ten Commandments, the first one says, Thou shall have no other God before me. Okay, that, that's self-explanatory. We don't need no idols. You know, like when they came out of the mountains and Moses seen them, they had, had the, the, the golden calf and, you know, we didn't need, so he, he's telling you right there when he came down with the tablets, you know, that thou shalt not have no other God before me. Two, thou shalt not make unto thee any grieving images. And so that, that, that takes up the calf too, you know, because that's something that we look at and then we're going to start looking at it as our God. You know, like some people, their God is money. Some people God is their cars. Some people guys as their houses. Some people guys are their children, their grandchildren. And see, one thing you'll learn about guys like that, if you put that before God, God sometimes will take that away from you and take it take it out of your sight because he says, he said, thou shalt have no other God before me. So, like I said, you know, one, one, one commandment, going to jump back to the other one as we go down. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And, you know, you see people all the time saying GD and, you know, and, and oh, my God. You know, and these are people that, you know, they don't call themselves Christians or they, they don't call themselves, you know, uh, sons and children of God. But, you know, the first thing that come out of their mouth is, oh, my God. You know, you, you ever see somebody get in trouble or, you know, they get in a situation they can't handle it and, you, you, you know, you don't see them in church, you don't see them fellowship with nobody, but the first word come out of their mouth and they'll tell you they're atheists and I don't believe in God. But when they get to a situation where there's nobody else around but them and God, now all of a sudden comes out, oh, my God, God, can you help me? So, see, you know, even sinners know who he is, okay, and, and know what he's capable of. But you know what? We got to stop using him when we want to, and we got to get a relationship with him. We can't sit up and just be a, a, a sometime, a one-day-a-week Christian to where we, we want to sit up there and say, oh, when Sunday comes, we're going to put on our best clothes and we're going to make sure we get to church and we're going to do this and we're going to do that, but only do it on Sundays. See, God is God 24-7. Whenever you call on him, if you have a relationship with him, 
He's not going to look at you and say, oh, that's a Sunday Christian right there, so I'm only going to be able to do something for you on Sunday. But we need to fellowship all week long because I tell my wife for years, you know, I know that we, you know, certain things are slipping and falling out of grace and, you know, we get in trouble. But when we use our spiritual conscience enough, we run into certain things and we'll back up and look at it and say, you know what, that's not right. You know, and, and, and God, you know, he you know, he, he didn't tell me that because, you know, we just had Bible study at church, and it was telling me to study my word and, you know, and, and, and to do, you know, if God hates this, I should hate that. You know, and, and a lot of people have that little borderline right there because you got some people who say, well, no, no, it's all right to do that every once in a while. But the word said whatever God hates, I should hate. You know, and if I divvy from that, I, I, I'm, I'm changing the word up. And it's, it's not me to change the word of or to judge. Amen. Amen. And and number four says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Okay, I mean, you know, we all get guilty of that, you know, to where sometimes, you know, we wait to Sunday, and then, then I, I catch myself sometimes where I'm gonna, I'll be like, no, you know, this is God's day, and he says, rest and reminisce on me. You know, read your word, go to the Bible, I mean, go go to church, go to Sunday school, whatever you can make it to. But the thing is, is most people get so stuffy with it. That's like uh, I remember me and my wife went over um, a friend's house up in uh, Ben Salem one time, and you know it was after church, and they, they was playing gospel music outside their house, and people look at you like we can't do that. Okay, if if, if you can go to the club and shake and, and sing songs, why can't we come after church and you know and, and praise Lord and, and song? You know we, we can listen to gospel. But a lot of people feel that being a Christian, you got to be stuffy. You know, you don't want to talk to people, and, you know, you, you, you look like you're better than them. And, you know, it, it, it's not that God is not a respectable person, okay? And we we, we got to realize that if he gets to a point to where, you know, and we pre- I preached about this a long time ago because we want to take days off and, you know, we, we're not going to church this Sunday. You know, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. If God took a one day off, we would be in trouble. All the people that he saved and, you know, he, he comes in the nick of time. People say he may not come when you want him, but he's always there on time. When he comes and do that, if he took that day off, what would happen to you? If you, your car went over in, in, in the river and somebody came and saved you, he sent one of the angels to come, to come and save you from where you was at. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, so much, it's so much going on to where we, we have to really look at, how we looking at life, and we got to put God more in, in, in things where we took Him out of our schools, we took Him took Him out of our houses where you know we don't pray that much anymore together. And me and my wife, we get you know we get into that all the time about you know we're gonna start at nighttime. And, you know everybody they tell you raise up, you supposed to say your prayers before you go to bed. But when you have a spouse, that's a double dose. You know now now you got two people, and he says where two or more are gathered. You know, in my name, I'll be there in the midst. Okay, so I mean, you know, that that's his words. So let, let, let's go on and let, let's go on and make that stick, and let, let's use that because see, God loves when you, God loves when you give him back what he gave you. Promises, you know, and and, and I, I was reading. Um, my wife knew a couple of days I've been getting up early. God been giving me what like three thirty, almost four o'clock, you know, so I can read it, reading Deuteronomy, and and, and I was just sitting there, you know, reading about how Moses was was talking to the children of Israel and 
they, they, he was telling them, you know, we, we have to go to this land. And they were saying, you know, but so many people there, you know, and what are we going to do and what, what can we do? How, you know, we, we're going to have to fight these people and fight those people. But God, you know, Moses told him, said, said, God has already went before you. Amen? You know, and he made it plain. So if, if he tells you to go and, and you know, and, and go to this land, it's a reason. It's a reason for it. And, and I just get I just get so excited just thinking about you know how God will make make our ways and and, and make the roads clear to where we figure something's not going to work out, but God already worked it out in our favor. Amen. He, he has already worked it out in our favor because I was reading the other day in uh, Deuteronomy. Let me let me look at it for you real quick right here and. Deuteronomy chapter 5, and it says, And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the stature and the judgments which I have speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. See, so so after Moses had got the commandments, you know, he, he's telling them, you know, what God gave this to me, you know, I'm telling you again about it because I want you to learn them and to keep them and do them. So, see, when they call commandments, it's, it's, it's not something that, that, that God was telling you that he wants you to do. He was commanding you to do this. So, it's, so, so it's, a, it's a little more than just saying, you know, okay, I hear this, I heard that, you know, but these are commandments. And what do we say on, on five? Honor thy father and thy mother. Okay, and I know a lot of that's not going on because we hear so many domestics and, you know, the arguments are going on and people going back and forth. You know, for, for arguments that half the time don't, don't even mean nothing at all. Six, thou shalt not kill. Well, we just we just push that one out the window. Okay, because we got, especially in my hometown, there's so much going on up there. I think they've been turned over to a reprobated mind because there's so much killings going on. They're killing the kids. They're killing the the women, you know. And, and, and the it, it's it's to a point to where people can't. Even, they're scared to walk down the street and go to the supermarket. Okay, you, you can't even you can't even shop now. You to you, you to a point to where people are not even safe in their own homes. Amen. They're not even safe in their own homes because people are getting killed standing in in, in their living rooms. You know, I think it was one one incident where my wife was telling me a girl, uh, uh, my daughter Charlene was telling me a girl was was doing a TikTok with her her daughter, showing her mom a TikTok. Then the girl get shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girl got shot, and she she's in her home, right through the window. So you you're not even safe in your house now, amen. So so see, we got to stay prayed up. We got to stay prayed up. And then it says number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's self-explanatory, but you know a lot of that's going on. So you know we we, we got to have that conscience. Tough love. Yeah, and 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 that's that, that's where that comes from. Tough love. We, we got to do tough love, even even to a point to where we look and say, you know what, that's not right. I'm not gonna do it. And then you know you and, and see a lot of people. You are very influential to your friends. A lot of people don't realize that they they listen and they're holding on to every word that comes out your mouth. So don't think that you're not being listened to. 
So we we really have to watch what we do and what we say, especially when you're in a, in leadership positions because you're being watched. And uh, he says, keep this stature and commandments which I am giving you today, so that so that you and your children after you may prosper, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you all for all time. So see, this is the, this is the uh, uh, prospering that I was saying about when he was telling them, I'm giving you these commandments, and these are not commandments because I want to oppress you. These are commandments for you to prosper. Amen? And, and above verses, Moses tell, Moses tell his people that honoring God and following his rules for living as found in the scriptures will bring prosperity and long life. So see, you know, that, that answered a couple of you guys' questions right there about how people used to live so long back in the day. When you follow God's word, these people are living to be three, four, five, six hundred years old. Okay, because they were following the word of God. You follow the word of God, longevity comes behind that. Amen? And, 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 and Deuteronomy 440, you know, you have to realize the scriptures will bring prosperity. That's why you have to read your word and learn your word. Amen? God shows his tough love for mankind yes, by, by giving them rules to benefit them and not to oppress us. And that's, that's the, same, the same thing today. And that's one tough love from the Bible. Now, the other tough love, you see, when God did that to where he gave us the Ten Commandments, because to, to the day Ten Commandments aren't being followed, so God still didn't give up on us. You know, he, he watched how we was, you know, not obeying the Ten Commandments. So then when this failed, God took the unprecedented steps of giving his son life, giving him the life to suffer and die as a human to free human man from bondage of sin under the law by paying the price in our place. He sent Jesus down here to die in our place for all our sins. So, see, he wasn't finished when he gave us the commandments. He had plan B. Okay, plan B was to send, send, send Christ to the cross. And when he did that, you know, that that's still showing his love. No matter what we did and, you know, how, you know, 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness, depending on how people look at it, God still loved us enough to give us another chance. So, see, he sent God, I mean, he sent Jesus down to die in our place to where we didn't even, I mean, you know, and he did that not just for then, for the people that were sinning back then, but that was for future sinners. Amen. I'm talking about talking about you, you know, future sinners. He sent him down here for future sinners to where stuff that you're doing right now was covered way back then. See, that I go to show you how much he was thinking about us. And then he said, he said here in John 3 and 16, for God, your creator, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There he go again. I mean, you know, God God is a stern God, but he is still also in the loving God too. He's a very loving God because here he go again. After you just disrespect my commandments, I'm going to give you another chance. So now he said, he sent Jesus down here to suffer 
and he suffered. You, you, you people know know the you know, you know the story about you know Jesus coming out here how he, how he was whipped and so especially just before he went to the cross. He was whipped. He was stuck with swords. They they, they got a, a crown of thorns and put it in his head. You know so so you know he went through so much. Like my wife said, pierced his side. But this is his only son. How many of you people would would, would send your son to die for, uh, uh, you know, just just somebody in the family? I mean, he sent his son out here to die for all of us. And it got so bad to where, you know, God looked at him on the cross, and he just looked so, I mean, you know, he took took on so many sins, he looked totally different to his father. So he couldn't even look on him. You know, but he he know, and, and just think about it. At any time, while Christ was up there, because it, it shows you how much he loves you too. At any time he was up there, he could have took himself down. He could have came right off the cross. But he knew that would that we would have been lost. If he'd have came down off the cross, we'd have been lost. We'd have been in trouble. Now you you know you you think that you know things are really tough now. If he had came down off that cross, it would have been like you know war war one two three four and five all together. But they say he can't. He he went to the cross to die for human mankind, cause he knew God. God knew what's coming up. You know, he he knew how we were going to be today and what's going on now. He knew about all the killings that was going to happen in Philly. You know, he knows about all the mudslides in Colombia. You know, he he knows about the presidents that we having and what they doing. He knew about COVID nineteen. He knows about the monkeypox and, and every other disease that came out. So. He was girding us, preparing us for what we was about ready to go through. But you know what? He never left us alone. So when you're going through things at your house or, you know, going through things in your marriage, you're not you're not alone. You know, like my wife said, loss of a child, a loved one, God is always there with his arms wrapped around you. You just have to sit back and just and feel him. You know, because God said, I'll never forsake you, no, I will leave you. So, you know, you have to really sit back and just reverence in, in, in his love. And see, the scriptures require parents, too, to show tough love to your children. Amen? So, you know, people, we need to know that we have to go on and show this tough love to these kids because that's why they're running so wrong bunches right now. They're out in the streets and doing all kinds of things. They're staying out all night because we stopped being parents and we're starting to be friends. Okay? I want to be my daughter's girlfriends. I want to be my son's boyfriends. You know, we out playing basketball on the court, and, and the thing that really gets me, that, that I mean, it really gives me any get indigestion. My wife know when I look over there and you see men and women sitting down, and I ain't knocking nobody that do it because if that's what you want to do. But, I, I mean, even if I did it, I wasn't going to sit down with my daughters and them or my sons, and, you know, and take take drugs and smoke weed. Okay, there has to be a, a thin line right there between parent and adult, parent and child. Okay, because most of your kids, I know mine, all of them, all of them are over the age be grown, but I'm not going to cross that borderline to where I get disrespected as a father. Okay, because see, I, I got to keep that keep that little thin line of respect there, and see what you teach them is what they're going to teach their kids. So if you start with this thing and we going out on Sunday, we're gonna to hang together, we're gonna to party, we're gonna do this, what do you think what do you think they're gonna teach their kids? They're gonna teach them the exact same thing that you told them because 
I mean, you know, kids do not do what you say, they do what you do. And that's the same thing in schools now because schools are being taught much different from it was when we was going. It's a lot different. Yeah, we used to have have teachers in school that was almost like like your godparents or something. You know, if you did something and they call your parents, half the time you got a beating in school. Mm-hmm. Once you got back to the block where everybody watched you grow up, you got a beating by one of them. And then after two beatings, you don't want that third one, so you beg them not to tell your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, please don't tell them. Please don't. You know, because I know what they're going to do. They're going to beat me again. You know, so... That's where I think the people get, you know, and then from Africa too, where it takes a village to raise a child, okay? And, and, and when, when you do that and, and you have so many people that are looking out for you, but, but now today, me and my wife and even my daughters, we was in the mall, we then came up on to where kids, if you try to correct them out, and I don't mean get nasty or yell at them, but just correct them and say you shouldn't be doing that, you know, or, you know do this or do that, you know, tie your, tie your shoes, pull your pants up. I've seen them cuss these adults out, up one side and down the other. And now half the time, you can't say nothing to them because half of them will pull a gun on you. You know, depending depending on where you're at in, in, in the United States, you run your mouth. You might wind up getting shot or get killed by sitting there trying trying to correct, you know, one of the kids and, and let them know, you know. But they don't understand a lot of this correction is coming from these adults because they have kids and they want you to grow up right. They want you to be not model citizens. Everybody say model citizens. I don't know what a model citizen is. But they want you to be productive citizens to where when somebody see them, they say, well, they ain't rich, but you know what? They're working hard and they're trying, and they love God. See, first of all, no matter what you're doing in life, put God before first in everything that you do and watch how stuff turns out. If you put God in first in everything that you do, most majority of the time, if you're talking to him on a regular basis, He'll sit up and he'll guide you and lead you. But what we do today, we do something silly, and then we go back and ask God, God, what happened? Why did that turn out like this? And God said, because you didn't put me in it. You left me on the sideline. You got to put me in the game. You know, if, if you don't ask me to come and see, see, God is a God of choices. He's not going to force anything on you. So if you don't ask him, God, you know, I looked at these five cars, and I don't know, one of them is cheap, one of them is, you know, expensive, but the people are telling me that, you know, this is the better buy. You know, you have so much stuff coming at you, and believe me, God knows what's best for you and what you need at that time. So we need to sit back and just really look and think and say, well, God, you know, you know my finances, you know my future finances, you, you know my, my present finances. And you know what's going to happen in the future. So if you help me make this decision, God, I know it will be best for everybody. So, you know, and, and then, you know, I just, I don't really understand the relationships a lot of these kids have with their parents now. Because, you know, the Bible, you know, instructs us to discipline our kids properly. And nobody say out there with all this stuff I'm hearing about kids, getting, you know, little three or four-year-olds winding up with broken ribs and fractured skulls. and that That's abuse. That's not discipline. That is child abuse. And we're supposed to do this out of love. Some parents want to give their children all they can. Some never want to say no. Learn to say no. Amen. Come out your mouth and learn to say no because you'll be more, you'll be better respected for it. 
Because if you give your child everything they want, now they figure, oh, you're a pushover. Okay, so I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to ask next week for the same thing. And then, you know, even me and my wife and my daughter, we talked today about my grandkids to let them know, we're not going to always wind up giving you money if you sit around and think all you got to do is go to school. If you figure that's the only, only you know, thing you got to do in life is go to school, eat, sleep, and get up, you know, you, you need to be at a boarding school somewhere because around my house you do chores. You have to be able to do some chores because I'm not paying you for nothing. I'm not paying. See, see the thing, the misconception that kids have now, I want you to pay me for being a child. No. Don't work like that. You pay me for being, you know, I'll pay you for what you do because I show my grandkids, even my daughters when they are growing up, when I go out and work an honest day's work, I get an honest day's pay. If I didn't go out and work, I didn't get paid. And that's the same thing with, with, with kids and grandkids as you grow up. You got to let them know, I'm paying you for the work that you do, not for the work that you don't do. Amen? And it says that your children will never suffer disappointment. See, we want to give our kids so much and we want to, you know, ease their blow to where we figure that, you know, if I give them everything they need and everything they want, you know, maybe life will be, but, you know, life is life is not sweet, and life is not going to love you and kiss you. That's where that tough love comes from. You've got to have that tough love because people don't realize when you get to a certain point to where people look and say, you know, um, if you had to did it this way, it would have turned out that way. But since you did it like this, I'm going to go in and pay for it to be fixed, or I'm going to pay for it because you broke it. But sometimes you got to let people fall on their faces. And when people fall on their face enough, that stuff starts to feel bad and start to hurt, so then you get, you get smarter as you, as you bruise up a little more. But I tell people, you know, even with my kids, that it's, it's crazy to watch and see how we try to always protect our kids, and then we wind up in the end not protecting them at all. Because if we sit up and we try to try to make everything on them easy, before before you know it, before you know it, we'll sit up and they think life is easy. So it comes a time when, when tough love is it's a necessity. Yeah, pretty much. My wife said we got we got certain kids that we should have gave that a long time ago because now now they look at you to a point where this is what you're supposed to do. You know, it's not it's not what I'm doing out of love. This is what you're supposed to do because my girlfriend's parents said this and said that, and, and she gets this and she gets that. But if you ever go around them and talk to them, they probably can't stand each other because because it's a disrespect there. But, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is, is everybody has all different types of parenting, you know, rules and the way they raise kids, but you know what? you got to have a basic layout. you got to have a basic plan that, you know, you look at and people say, because you, you're going to divert from it because all, all kids aren't the same, you know, and we we know that. Everybody knows all, all kids aren't the same. But the thing is, is if you have a basic plan about how kids should, should be raised, raising with a stern hand, but like I said, don't, Go take it to the point of abuse 
and, and you know, you, you, you're going to have problems. Nobody's going to say you're never going to have problems with your kids because you're always going to have problems because, like I say, kids are adventurous. Kids will, will try this, try that because their girlfriends told them or, you know, may, maybe maybe they're out experimenting now. They want boyfriends. They want girlfriends. You know, and you, you got to let them know that it's, it's nothing more sacred than, than, than the sanctity of marriage. You know, and let me uh, remind you again, this is Purpose Kingdom Network. This is the turning point. This is the 1,687th episode, and you are listening to the turning point. Amen? And the, the, the good thing about having rules is when you have rules, you already got something that you can go back to. But if you do... Whatever the kids want you to do, it'll change up every week, every day. You know, you can't remember what you told them. That's why I know back in the days they used to write down our chores, stuff that we had to do. And for each chore, some kids I know, some parents do it. Some parents do it now where they give you a certain amount of money for doing a certain chore. So, say say you had twenty dollars in allowance. That twenty dollars would be broke down to washing dishes, vacuuming, wiping walls down. And depending on what, you know, if you have your rural house, it might be cutting the grass for the boys, washing the dishes for the girls, helping mom wash the clothes. But everything, that $20 was broke down to the penny to where, see, you you must learn that if one of those chores is not done, that $20 can easily go down to 15 or that $20 can easily go down to $10. But the thing is, is you're going to work for every dime of that $20 because that's what your parents did and able to be able to afford you that $20 as far as having an allowance. So, I mean, you know, one one hand washes the other, and that's why I tell kids, even when you're in school, you know, I tell the grandkids now, whatever grade you're in, learn that grade because the next grade you're going to need everything you learned in the grade prior. That's the same thing in life. Once you teach them how to be husbands and, you know, how to be wives, how to be kids, you know, how to take care of your kids, especially when they're young because if you look at most of the kids now, you see a lot of the parents and the kids. You know, that's just like my daughters will say, you know, well, mommy do this and that's why I do that, or daddy do this, that's why I do that. So you've got to watch what you're showing them because they're definitely going to, it's going to tell you, it's going to roll over to their families. And, you know, according to the Bible, tough love is, is what's, what's needed. And they thought they thought about that back then, and it's, it's even needed more now because raising the children without discipline is more harmful to their well-being. You got, you got kids, every once in a while you got to show them that, you know what, this life, life is not a joke. These people out here will hurt you. You got to be aware of your surroundings. You can't be hanging out in the streets. You know, and then they look at us now and get mad because we sit up there and we, I want to know who you are, who you talking to. I want to know where you're walking at. I want to know I want to know this. I want to know that. I want to know so much. And, and who is this that you're calling your boyfriend? What you doing to boyfriend? You, you know, you, you can't even keep your room clean. You, you know how mothers and fathers try to embarrass you. You can't even keep your room clean. You're talking about having a boyfriend and a girlfriend. So we got to keep them in check to let them know you have to look at and, and, and watch everybody that you be around because everybody's not your friend. 
you know, and what was that morning? What wasn't that? What was that Mike Tyson was listening to that day? That said, uh, everybody, everybody that you fight is not your enemy, and and, and everybody that you befriend, uh, everybody that you hug is not your friend. So, so you, you know, you, you gotta look, and, and you know, we tell, I tell my grandkids all the time. Some of my best friends that I have now, when I grew up, we we even fought once or twice. Because, especially as males, you know, it's just like in the animal world. You got the alpha male. So we're going to find out who's who, who's what, who can fight the best, who can talk the most mess, you know, back and forth. And, and that's, just, that's the same way with your kids. You got to let them know. Although you may have a learning disability, hold your head up. Because God can fix all that. You may not understand this in school. You may not understand that in school. But you know, one thing you'll learn Saints out here, all your kids are not the same, and they don't all learn the same. So, you, you you know, you might have to divert from one kid to another to teach them or have them learn something because one might learn slower, one might be faster than the other one in math or hate social studies, and somebody might like history, somebody might be a genius in math. And, see, that's when you do a corporation to where the one that's good in math and the ones that aren't good in math, now you're going to start tutoring them. The ones that was good in social studies and was bad in history, now you're going to start tutoring the people in social studies. So, see, that takes a little burden off you. But as parents, when we're working all day long, we come home, we're tired, we got to look at their homework. If you got them teenagers, put them teenagers to work. Stop giving them money all the time just because they got your last name. Put them to work. Make them help you take some of that load off as far as teaching them kids because half that stuff if they're in a higher grade, they already had it, so they can pass it down to their younger siblings. You know, you, and, and as parents, we got to learn to delegate. Okay, if you're working all day long and you come home, all you got is an hour, two hours, you may want the hour, two hours to go and get in a hot tub, take a shower. But before you do all that, get them started. Have those teenagers know exactly what you expect from them and let them have a lesson plan. Because, you know, this is just me from going to high school and school in Alabama down south. We came home, and we didn't have no homework. We had we found homework. Our parents would make something, you know, make up a piece of paper, say, I want you to do this math, do that math, because the idle mind is the devil's workshop. So we can't sit around thinking, well, I ain't got nothing to do, because he'll give you something to do. Oh, you ain't got nothing to do. Uh, go over to that girl house. Her parents ain't home. You ain't got nothing to do. Oh yeah, everybody going down uh, downtown today, and we we gonna all be down there so we can go down there and get in trouble. Keep them occupied. Not saying that you know you don't give them a breather. Give them time to be kids and let them grow to be kids. Let's not have our kids raise our kids. Amen. That's a parent's job. So. I always let our kids be kids, and you know, and they come up with some strange stories because y'all, y'all, y'all gonna hear them come on, the, come on the radio one day. They come up with some strange stories about how they thought stuff happened. And the crazy thing is, we got to a point to where our kids was, you know, we we tried to let them bloom like flowers, but sometimes you can smother them to they get to a point to where you know they they figure that you know, can I go out and play? It has to be a balance. You know, like the words say sometimes, sometimes you're so earthly good to you know heavenly good, and sometimes you're so heavenly good to you know earthly good. You have to have a balance there. 
So we want to have a balance to a point to where we know exactly where you are, what you're doing, and, and don't tell your parents that's none of your business because it is their business because if something happened to you, you're not the one that's going to get in trouble to a point to where they're going to say you were not watching your child or you didn't have supervision. We want to get in a position to where they're going to blame us. So, see, kids that are out there now that are listening, if, if you're on Purpose Kingdom Network tonight listening, let's keep an open mind and remember stuff that you do only just don't fall back on you. It falls back on the whole. It makes the whole family look bad. You know, your parents got to come out of their pocket because you, you were somewhere, you snuck the car, you weren't supposed to, the car had an accident, you know what I mean, you crashed the car. You know, now your parents are coming into this thing financially. Some of them can't even afford that. You know, and with the grace and mercy of God, a lot of them are getting through it, but why take them through it when we can think before we do? Amen? We can sit up and, and think and say, well, you know, if, if I think about this and think about that, you know, I, I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't have did it because, you know, my, my, my parents my parents told me this and, and, and they told me that. And if I had listened, you know, let, let, let's not get in that situation where, where, where we have parents spending money that they, they don't really have. Okay, and, you know, and thank God I got to, that I never went through a whole lot of that. Most of the, most of my money spending was in the house when they broke something. They didn't go break other people's stuff because they respected it, and that's the way we raised them to be respectful of other people's property. Amen. So let's let, let, let's really take take inventory of, of of what we're doing and and how we really want to uh, present ourselves to these kids because. I mean, you, you'd be surprised how much a nice word or a hug, you know, after school, how many times, you know, me and my wife talk about this, how many times, how many times you sit down and when the last time you had a nice family dinner, you know, to where you sat down and had dinner and asked them, what happened at school today? You know, who who did you see? You know, what nice word did you get? Uh, who did you help today? What kind of grades did you get? You got to really know what's going on in their life because if you don't ask them, they're not going to tell you. But we really, we really need to connect. It has to be a connection, and we got to keep the communication open. Me and my wife always talk about communication between the husband and the wife. We need communication between these children too, because you don't want to be the last one to find out that uh, your child was being bullied. Now all of a sudden they got beat up. Or, you know, they, they they got to a point where they're so stressed they killed themselves. You know, keep in contact with your kids. Keep, I mean, keep communication. Keep the line open. You know, and, and don't be, you know, and I, I got to speak on it because I, I used to do the same thing. My daughter gets on me now about some time when I get upset about things. I don't yell, but I raise my voice. So so we we really have to keep the communication line open to a point to where, they, they don't mind coming and talking to us about anything that's on their mind. You know, because I, I had my daughters. People wonder why I could sit up and talk about menstrual periods and all. Because I had daughters. I, I got to be in that line, like, you know, to where, you know, and, and I had to get, you know, I had to brush up on it to where I knew what I was talking about because it's strange to sit there and be looking all silly and they're asking questions. Now now they're going, they're going to somebody else and, and asking them about it. 
So I would rather for them to come to me, you know, and, and, and me to get a little embarrassed, <laughs> okay, and um, just going and, you know, and, and if I didn't know it, I know the answer to it, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out the answer. You know, so I, 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 really, I really need to um, go on and, and, and look and just look at the whole situation to where we're in charge, but you have to rule with a gentle hand. Amen? And, and yes, tonight, on Purpose Kingdom tonight, the subject was tough love, but if, if, if you heard this broadcast tonight and, and something was said that, that, that just touched your heart or, or, or struck your imagination, or, you know, and you want to learn more about it, just you have to accept Christ as your personal Savior because, you know, we talked about this earlier. He was the Son of God. God sent down his only begotten son. So, see, now, if you accept him again, see, here's God, you know, he's sticking his hand out again for you. You know, his hands, his arms is always open wide. And his arms is out now saying, you know, if you want to learn more of me, you got to study more of me. First off, you got to accept my son as your personal your personal Lord and Savior. And once you do that, you know, we, we would repel you to go to a, preaching, teaching church where you can learn more about the gospel and learn about God and learn about Christ, you know, and then they may, hopefully they got good Bible teachings and, you know, sometime during the week they have some more fellowshipping to where you can get together because it's good to fellowship with, with, with uh, like the country people just say, like, like with folks, you know, people that think like you do, you're going at the same, you know, the same point and you want to try to get there at the same time. But it's good to have people that think like you think because, I, I, you know, I had a pastor told me a long time ago that you don't go where you're tolerated, you go where you're celebrated. Amen? And, see, we want you to get to a point to where you learn this, this man called God for yourself. Get that personal relationship. I don't care if once you sit down there, you know, and you accept them in your heart tonight and you go outside and you just yell into everybody in the neighborhood, I have just accepted Christ as my personal Savior, and my, I know my life is not going to be the same. But we try to tell everybody, once you do that, it's not going to be the same, but you know what? That's where the work starts at, okay? Things ain't going to get easier, you know. And see, we're to a point to where when you get in God's grace, you're to a point to where if stuff that's happening to you and you look at it different because once you know God is on your side, and nothing that can happen to you that you and God cannot handle together, then you will know that, oh, I'm in God's grace, and you talk about him more because God, you know, God loves to hear you boast on him. Don't boast in yourself. Boast on Christ and boast in God to, you know, if it wasn't for God, this wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't be able to do that. And I want to thank you, God, for being able to bring me thus far. Amen. Amen. And um, yes, is there any announcements, Rob, that you know, uh, Pastor Toy, that we need to bring up at this point? Yes, real quickly, we do have announcements, and uh, real quickly, I'm just going to do the announcements. And uh, elderly, uh, you're a good man. You're a good man. Uh, some some of the stuff you hit, you 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 said you dealt with with your daughters, uh, man. Okay, 
<laughs> I just I just say it, I, that's all I'm going to say. All right. So this is the Product of Purpose Kim Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode. No matter where in the world you are, no matter if you're listening to us online or you're listening to us via phone, we thank you so much and we appreciate your listenership and your support here at Purpose Kingdom Network. Um, and we also thank those that share with your friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air tonight. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And when we do a live broadcast, you can call in at the phone number 319-527-6091. And anytime you want to talk to a host, you can just press the number one and we'll get you in. All right. And uh, also, PKN does have a radio network, which is PKN.com. So you just go to PKN.com and you can hear 24 hours of music of inspiration. And also, from time to time, we do uh, maybe send announcements here or there, or we may send a rebroadcast there. So just stay tuned to pknradio.com. All right. And uh, also, um, we invite you to like us on Facebook at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. We can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. You can see some of our announcements and also uh, some of the other ministries that we have here where they do post their announcements there um, from time to time. Okay, and um, with that being said, tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, with God's will and God's blessing, he'll be joining us for Peripheral Visions, and it's going to be hosted by Sister Antonia Batts. Once again, with God's will and God's blessing, he'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for Peripheral Visions, and it's going to be hosted by Sister Antonia Batts. Okay, and uh, with that being said, uh, we just thank you, and uh, we just uh, appreciate your support. No matter where in the world you are, we just thank you so much for the uh, foreign countries that continue to listen to Purpose Kingdom Network. Uh, we thank you so much. And with that being said, it's the end of the announcements, and I'm going to sh- hand the show back over to the leads. Amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Rob. Um, like, like we were saying, Sam, before, I was saying that, you know, and it's, you, you can't say it enough that we, we have to take our place as parents because people, you know, even if you're wrong or right, they're still going to blame it on the parents. So so why not be in a position so that it can be something good said about you and not that, you know, they're always hanging around like they're friends or if you look over their house, people are always hanging in the living rooms or they're all out in the front on the porches smoking weed or drinking. You know, let's be a diligent parent to where when something is being said about you, it can be said because, you know, our parents used to tell us, too, you can teach a child whatever you want to teach them, but they're always going to do what they want to do or do what they feel that they need to do. But when I teach them, you can't never say you wasn't taught the right way. That's even on my job when I train somebody. I can train you the right way, but you're going to find a shortcut somewhere. So that shortcut you're going to find wasn't taught by me. You know, like sometimes it may take ten people to do one job. You may find a way to do it with five people. God bless you. Okay? But the way that it's supposed to be done is the way you're going to be taught. And that's the same way we should do our kids. You know, and even, you know, reading along again with Proverbs 13 and 23, what we were talking about where it says discipline, more harmful when it's not taught. But it it also says, too, who ever spares the rod, hates his son, but he also loves him to diligent to discipline. 
So see, I mean, even the Bible is telling you. Remember, I told you the Bible is, is your manual. It's, it's even telling you that there's nothing wrong with discipline, but you have to be diligent about it. And the discipline, like I say, it'll come back when they think about, you know, because believe me, you young parents out there now, you're going to go through a lot of things that we're talking about. You're going to go through a lot of things that we're talking about right now. So let's get to a point to where, you know, we, we ain't got to look back over our shoulder and, and, and try to say what we thought we were going to do. What you say, honey, you and Charlene? Yeah, I have a question. Um, well, I'm going to ask my my um my, my baby girl. Come in, I'm sorry, I don't know what we got. If we, could, if we as your parents can do it all again, raising you, what would you think we should do different? Sorry? If we can do something different as raising you as parents, what do you think we should do different? Like Daddy said, try to communicate more. Okay. Nobody heard you now. Try to communicate more. Try to communicate. And that, that, that says a lot. Don't talk at Okay, okay. Uh. <laughs> but but the, the the crazy thing is, I mean, she's telling the truth. She's telling the truth because communication is key to a lot of things. And if you can keep that line of communication open with your kids, like I said, they should be able to talk to you about anything. Amen. And we're going to finish up with this because it says, at the same time, the Bible instructs parents to be respectful and loving towards your kids. Okay, see, see, this is where that part comes in where you you, you got to rule with a loving hand. Amen. You can't all the time say, I'm going to go get the belt, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, and when it's all of you, you have to love or rule with a loving hand to where, yeah, you ever hear a child say, you know, you beat me, but I knew I deserved it? Or you only beat me because you love me. Mm-hmm. Now, how many times people hear that? But you know, by the time the parents get finished beating, you'd be like, "Well, you love me too much." You know, you ain't gotta love me that much because some of them beatings would just hurt. But it was all—it was—it was all for our own good. And it says for us to respect and love our kids. How many of y'all out there? When the last time you you hugged your your, your son, your daughter, and you told them that you love them? I went to this last time you just tell them that you love them, period. And then then it tells you, too, and it says fathers, but that's, that's mothers, too. It says fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. See, there we go again. We throw God on it. I told you, God is all up in it. You can't get you can't get no way around it by not putting God in whatever you do. Like you heard my daughter say if the only thing she could change is communication. And if you think about it, communication is a lot. Because, you know, she says, you know, don't talk to me. Don't talk at me, talk to me. You know, and a lot of times... Don't talk a little. Like, little, but, you know, don't make feel well, well, that, that's why when we was talking about you got to always lift your kids up because one well, thing. I didn't do that, but that's the experience I got from like my friends and like life period. I ain't really had no problems with you. Well, my parents. <laughs> she talking long distance. Issues, that's not the issues I have with my parents. I just feel like for my friends, like even other family members, they parents. That's the experience I just got from life period. And my parents, they really, they 
I could talk to my mom about anything, and my dad, he ain't play with us. So why we had the best of both worlds. Mm. So, see, that's what I was saying, uh, ruling with that loving hand to where mm-hmm. your kids should be able to come to you and talk to you about anything. They shouldn't be scared. They shouldn't be scared of you. You know, and we we already know, you know, the uh, fear of love is, is the first point of what, Marty? When you fear, fear, fear the Lord. But, but you know, when you fear your parents, you shouldn't fear them because you, you think they're going to beat you or whatever. You, you should fear them because you love them and you love the discipline because that's the way you're going to do your kids to where when they see you, you ever hear parents say, well, I ain't got to say nothing to them. I didn't even have to bring up this or bring up that to them. But we are we, we are getting to our hour now, and, and, and I mean, you know, we really enjoy, you know, coming getting back on the air whenever we're on the air. The Turning Point really loves to come, you know, and, and, and speak on God's word. And um, it, 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 it comes a time when, you know, that's something that you look forward to. And maybe later on in a couple other shows, maybe we can I, I can bring some more daughters in as they come in town because, as you know, The Turning Point is down in Locust Grove. So we're to a point to where now, I mean, you know, no matter where we at, we're going to bring the word, and we love bringing God's word. But tough love, tough love was the subject, and tough love is what's needed right now. So we can turn turn this world around, and, you know, and get these kids back in these inner cities to stop saying, I, you know, I did this, I did that, because they disrespected me. Okay, some of them not even living long enough to get respected, and now they're talking about they disrespected. Amen? So this is the turning point. You know, my name is Elder Charles Lee, and this is my wife, Reverend Maureen Lee, over here, and we're signing off with the love of Christ. You know, hug somebody because that might be the only hug they get today. Hug somebody, love somebody, and we are so elated to be children of God. That's the highest title you can hold. Amen? This is the turning point signing off. We love you with the love of Christ. Amen. Jesus loves he raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose.